Wherever this finds you, on the map, on the trail, or in the office, know that you're in the right place. You're in the perfect place to create space for change to happen. And from this place, we begin. 12th house, completion. All conditions are met. The head meets the tail. What happens when after all of this effort and strain, working on a massive project for us, defining that project as 12 pieces, every month we took one theme each, rolled it into the next and watched it evolve. Trim fat, trim fuzz, let go of things that don't serve us and just left us with a clear picture of a next step. So as always, we have a couple different methodologies that we use. We have facets and archetypes. Facets are those 12 areas of study that combine to form one polished gem or one whole self. And an archetype is the story that animates that study. So it's a common vernacular. It could be something as simple as a character or characteristic. The facets that we're going to be holding up to the light all support one common theme, which is completion. The archetype that we're going to use for uh, to illustrate that facet is going to be Persephone. It's going to be the narrative or the story of Persephone. So Persephone Greek mythology 5,000 years ago. The story of Persephone is that she descended. She was lured underground, under the earth. By Hades, who loved her, courted her, and tricked her underground with fruit. In time, she fell asleep. In time, she also woke. When she woke or became woke, her eyes opened and she realized that she needed to move towards the light. She needed something else. Time had passed and she needed something else. It was time for change to happen. As she emerged into the light, Hades lured her back in with more fruit. So the concept of fruit and seed and underground is something very, very telling because it tells the story, a parable or paraphrases the idea of planting one seed at a time, going underground or the need to go underground below the surface, things that you cannot see, things that are concealed. One of the visuals that often, often come up with the story of Persephone is the pomegranate. Because the pomegranate on the whole, when you look at it from the outside, it's kind of an, an ugly, sort of an odd thing. To crack that open, there are thousands, thousands of ripe, juicy seeds. Usually when you get a seed, it's knobby, it's hard, it's not too much. This has thousands of ripe juicy seeds, infinite potential. When you crack that open, you crack any fruit open, it's quite extraordinary to think about. You're witnessing something that has never been seen or touched or perceived by human eyes before. You're digging that out, 
right? How special is that? Digging out, claiming treasure, claiming things planted deep that have not been revealed before. Without that time of concealment, of incubation, of growth, that ripe seed would never come into being or rather would never be able to come into the light. So when we talk about a cycle in completion, we talk about embracing dark to find the light. We talk about the element of light that cannot be perceived until at first we face the dark. And we start to think about the dark as not being bad as we've been conditioned to and not being toxic, but rather being an absolutely vital point of progression. Without dark, there is no light. One other note about the pomegranate. I'd also like you to uh, just examine the idea of what a round fruit looks like that has seeds and is red. Uh, how it always seems to find its way into our common story, right? And our story, our common story means the archetype of an apple. What stories do we know about apples, about seeds of knowing, about who did the misdeed, right? What stories are we fed over and over and over again, right? The older version of that apple story, the one that predates the one that uh, came into being somewhere around the patriarchal system about 2,200 years ago, right? Um, it was the story of Persephone that became Eve, the seed of fruit and the deceit was on the male counterpart, Hades, that lowered her underground into sleep, okay? And the, uh, the fruit then was referred to as pomegranate, right? When it came translated to us through the years and through the ages, it became the apple, right? And so the apple is a very interesting thing because apples also appear in fairy tales, right? So poison apples. Poison apples are an emblem of gaslighting and gaslighting is a very, very particular type of deceit because it is subtle, right? It often comes from the hand of uh, perceived love or perceive, something perceived as on the surface without you being able to see the root. Someone, something, that means you ill. It is the idea or the archetype of the witch in the woods that means ill to Snow White. It's offering her this bright, shiny fruit. Don't bite the apple, ladies. Don't bite the apple. So more on poison apples to come in the year. Stay tuned for that. But moving on. We start to think about the dark as not being bad as we've been conditioned to and not being toxic but rather being an absolutely vital point of progression. I've often wondered and marveled at where this came from. Uh, you know, this idea that anything dark is bad, stay away from it, it's toxic, it's taboo, it's the W word, right? And I don't mean woman. <laughs> the point that I always come back to that is the most interesting is all of creation comes from a dark place. Your most restored, powerful, 
clean, clear thought will always come from a rested place. What do you need to rest? Your eyelids have to close, has to shut down, has to withdraw, right? Think about how nurturing an environment is for a newborn to exist. How gentle. What a safe space looks like and feels like for a nervous system to develop. For a nervous system to feel safe, to come into being. For a creature to beckon itself forward. For life to animate into that space. And so for me, the answer that I keep coming back with is this. People that have knowledge and operate from a place of fear, meaning they don't want you to have the knowledge because if you know, you don't need them, right? If you possess the knowing that you have direct access to the divine, you don't need the middleman. They become obsolete. They lose all their power. The more you know, the less you need them and they lose everything, right? Before there was Amazon, before we could go directly to the source, we paid a lot of markup paying the middleman, right? Now we have access to the source. So we're able to get things quickly, cheaply. Amazon's not a great illustration. I'm not a fan. However, it's, it's the truth, right? And one everyone knows. So that's an archetype, right? Amazon is an archetype because it is a characteristic or story or a narrative or a visual that bypasses common belief or bypasses written word. So it illustrates a point crystal clear. That's why archetypes are so powerful. So getting back to our three facets or three elements that we are going to study today, um, all of it surrounding this 12th house, the constellation, um, the wayfinding map, the uh, sign in the sky, if you will, is when Pisces is visible. The time of year or the season is right at the end of winter. Just as winter yields, tips over, and gives birth to spring, right? And so what's so beautiful about that is that it is the darkest point of night before it gives way to the dawn, before it gives way to the light of day. So that moment of completion, when the head meets the tail, when all conditions are met, you're actually free to move forward. It's a very different thing because we've been on this treadmill of doing, clearing, moving, right? Or rather thinking and feeling. I'd like to take you back to where we are in this moment in time right? It's March. What is it we feel like we need to do? We all feel the same thing. Oh my God, it's March already. What happened to the year? What happened to all the things I said that I wanted to do and be and have and change in January? What happened? I lost all of my gumption. I lost all of my power. I've been asleep. Where did all this time go? We beat ourselves up continuously. 
But the reality of it is this. This is the beauty and the gift of knowing. You are in the perfect place and time because it is not time for you to rise up yet. It is still time for you to slumber. It is still time for you to take your ease. It is still time for the seed to be below the ground. It is not time yet for the seed to break the surface tension and come above ground. That doesn't mean the seed wasn't planted. That doesn't mean the seed is any less vital. That doesn't mean that the seed has any less power to shoot above ground when the time is right. But it takes that time. It takes that incubation. Now is the incubation time, right? You just can't see it break through yet. So you're in the right time and place. That's why this time of year, it almost seems like you forget and you fall asleep and you go into a slumber. You have no awareness. You don't even remember what you made uh, for your New Year's resolution or where you were, what you were feeling. All you know is you didn't do anything and you beat yourself up. Don't, you're in the right place. Right? That's why we all feel this joy of spring. That's what happens during the spring equinox. So the first facet that we talked about is completion. Facet number two I'd like you to think about is synchronicity. Synchronicity requires time. And think about time as being uh, sight. I'd like to offer up the word sight, S-I-T-E, meaning sight, meaning a place, right? Synchronicity requires time and place. So you can hear the word sight and you think of it as vision. It also means place. What synchronicity is, is time and place are aligning for you. Your rhythm has found you and it's manifesting in a real time flow state. Every step forward is amplified. The wind is at your back and you know exactly what your next steps are. There's no hesitation. There's absolute clarity. That clarity comes from the completion of doing the work and going through all of the steps because you have now arrived at this time and place which is yours. Your lantern is lit from the inside out and it is lighting a path for you in the dark, showing you the way. During this time, pay attention to acts of synchronicity. Not necessarily the act itself, but something unrelated, like, what were you thinking about when you found that spot? Maybe go back and uh, you know, make a quick note, reflect on what are the things that you did immediately leading up to that moment that put you in that right time and place? What were you working on? What were you thinking? Whatever it was, there's a rightness there, follow that. Follow that trail of crumbs. Piecing those together is the key because remember, this is about completion. So we've got our eye on expecting for, believing for completion, a completed map. So what that means is these are actually your gems. This is your black gold here that you're mining, right? So this is very important. You'll have an opportunity to kind of piece these all together, either in the workbooks or the printouts or um, uh, on, in the ebooks. 
So the patterns revealed here are the black gold gems that form the key to blessed completion, release, and ultimately breakthrough. So all of the work that happens during winter, all of the things that happen that were unseen are about to break the surface tension if you have the sight to see it. And that brings us to our third facet, sight. So this sight is actual vision, S-I-G-H-T. This is vision that unlocks deep, hidden, intuitive connection on multiple channels. That's sensory information coming in from everywhere, including hearing, aromas, touch, sounds, right? The sound of a pot clicking will remind you of an instant in the kitchen with your mother when your mother told you this, this, and this, right? The breeze blowing a certain way will let your ears perk up. What were you thinking at that moment? Did you have a question? Just think about that, right? Because sight plays in also to synchronicity, right? So what is it? You have to have open vision. Your mind has to be open to see the clues. The breadcrumbs can be all around you. They could be gold dust at your feet. They could be rose petals if you don't ever see it. If you're not moving slow enough and looking for it and looking for the clues and not understanding that you're in the right time and place. If you're so busy shaking your fists in the air, beating yourself up because, ah, I didn't fulfill those goals from wintertime, from New Year's. If you shift that into bliss, into the glee of knowing that you're in the perfect place, then you're quiet, then you're still, then your ears are open, literally open because you're relaxed. You're not clenching your jaw. So the bones in your inner ear physically realign to hear a different frequency. They're going to hear a different song. You're going to perceive other things, other messages. The most important thing that I'd like to kind of leave you with before we move into part two. When the head meets the tail, you have to be able to recognize it when it comes. I'll say that again. You have to be able to recognize it when it comes. One more time, it's that important. You have to be able to recognize it when it comes. That means your mind has to be quiet, that means that your thoughts need to be aligned. That means you need to be moving slow enough to be able to see it when it comes because it's incredibly subtle. More on that in part two, which takes our three facets and starts to layer in some body plane, some chakra work, some um, asanas, some yoga alignment, crystal therapy, color therapy. If you're following along with the workbook or any of the handouts, all of this is there later.